Hello from the BBC. I'm Alexander Griffiths with an update on the war in Ukraine. The Ukrainian military says Russian forces have resumed their bombardment of a steelworks in Mariupol shortly after around 100 civilians were allowed to leave yesterday. The sprawling Azov-style plant is the last area of the city still held by Ukrainian fighters and negotiations are continuing to evacuate hundreds of residents trapped there. The BBC's Joe Inwood is in the western city of Lviv. Under a shroud of secrecy, yesterday around 100 people did finally make it out from the Azovstal steel plant where they'd been sheltering for weeks. They emerged from the sprawling tunnels, many of them needing help over the wasteland that greeted them. Once free, they were put onto buses and taken into a Russian-controlled village, a source of some concern. But, speaking in his nightly address, President Zelensky said they would eventually be taken to the Ukrainian city of Zaporizhia. This is a significant achievement. Among those arriving in the Ukrainian-controlled city of Zaporizhia is Natalia Sintomirska, who lived near the steelworks. We lived in the basement from the 27th of February. We didn't leave the basement because our house is close to Azovstal. The whole time we were shelled with mines and then airstrikes started. Our house is completely destroyed. Russia's President Putin has said he aims to take Ukraine's entire eastern Donbass region, although Western intelligence officials say that Russian progress has been slower than expected. The BBC's Andrew Harding has been to the town of Lysychansk, just a few miles from the front line. It's surrounded on three sides by Russian troops and most of the residents have left. Those who remain are living in desperate conditions under constant shelling. He visited a hospital close to the front line. Upstairs, the quiet wards are full of dazed young soldiers staring at the ceiling, almost all suffering from concussion. This man is telling me he has three children. The Russians have got children too, he says. Why can't we live in peace? On the bed opposite, his friend mutters quietly about the endless shelling. After a brief lull, it sounds like the bombardments are starting to pick up again, interrupting the the spring bird song here. Elsewhere, the Israeli Prime Minister has forcefully pointed out that the Russian Foreign Minister's suggestion that Hitler had Jewish roots is a lie and said that using the Holocaust for political purposes must stop. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov was asked on television how Russia could claim to be denazifying Ukraine when President Zelensky was Jewish. Mr Lavrov falsely claimed that Hitler himself had, quote, Jewish blood. The BBC's John Donison is in Jerusalem. The Prime Minister, Naftali Bennett, described the comments as lies. Israel's Foreign Minister, Yair Lapid, went further, saying the remarks were unforgivable and outrageous. Over recent months, Israel, which has a large Russian-speaking population, has tried to act as a mediator between Russia and Ukraine. But the government has faced criticism for not taking a tough enough line with President Putin and for not offering enough support to Ukraine. Sergei Lavrov's remarks could increase pressure for that policy to change. The United Nations says that five and a half million people have left Ukraine since the beginning of the war. In the early days of the Russian invasion, the BBC heard from some of the thousands of Africans who'd managed to escape and who said that they'd been treated like second-class citizens as they reached Ukraine's western borders. Peter Okwache of BBC Africa was at the Polish border reporting on the African experience in the days after the war broke out. In the weeks that followed, he also spoke to many Africans still caught up in the conflict for the BBC's Africa Eye programme. Africans caught up in the horror of the war in Ukraine. This is not our war, it is not our fight. 
trapped in cities under attack. No supplies coming into the city, no, nothing going out and nothing coming in. Many who have fled have been treated like second-class citizens. They are not allowing any black people to enter inside the gates. I worked for 12, 12 good hours. This is Jessica Orakbo. She's a medical student from Nigeria who was based in western Ukraine. She says on her way to the Polish border, she was stopped from boarding a bus. I was begging. The official literally looked me in my eye and said in his language, only Ukrainians, that's all. That if you are black, you should walk. The UN High Commissioner for Refugees has acknowledged racist treatment at Ukraine's borders. The Ukrainian government has said Africans should be offered equal opportunities to return home and has promised to spare no effort to address the problem. Those are the latest developments on day 68 of Russia's invasion. I'm Alexander Griffiths at the BBC.